Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going over our seventh, yes, seventh division here in the NFL season recap. If you guys missed the per- previous six divisions, basically what I'm doing is I'm going over each division and each team individually, seeing where their strengths and weaknesses are, how they played this season, and how I expect them to play going into next season. That's going to be the same case for this division here today as we're going to go over the NFC West division. And following this will be the AFC West division and the final team, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl this season. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Seattle Seahawks first, who finished second in the division with a 9-8 record. Taking a look at their team stats, they finished ninth in total yards at 372. Passing yards, 231.4, ranked 11th or tied for 11th. Rushing yards at 120.1, ranked 18th. Points at 23.9, ranked 9th. And third down percentage of 37.8, ranked 20th. Defensively, total yards 379.1, ranked 28th. 211.5 passing yards, ranked 13th. 150.2 rushing yards, ranked 30th. 23.6 points, ranked 25th. And a third down percentage of 42.3, ranked 27th. Player stat-wise, Geno Smith has a very good season, 69.8% completion percentage, 4,282 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. His two main wide receivers, DK Metcalf, 90 receptions, 1,048 yards, and 6 touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, 84 receptions, 1,033 yards, and 9 touchdowns. Noah Fan and Marquise Goodwin had 4 touchdowns, Will Disley had 3. Kenneth Walker is their leading rusher, 228 attempts for 1,050 yards and 9 touchdowns. Geno Smith also ran the ball 68 times for 366 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Brooks led the team in tackles at 103. Cody Barton followed with 81. And Michael Jackson, Mike Jackson, I guess I guess is a better way to put it, 62. Kobe Bryant had 52. Their sack leader was led with a 9.5 sack total. His name is Uchenka Nuosu, linebacker. Definitely did not say that right. Tyreen Woolen had 6 interceptions. Quandre Diggs had 4. Cody Barton had 2. Kobe Bryant had 4 forced four force fumbles, as well as Daryl Taylor. And Yajenka Nuosu had 3. Jacoby Myers, or Jake Myers, had 34 for 37 Myers, excuse me, 34 for 37, kicking the ball to the uprights this year. First takeaway from the season was obviously Geno Smith. You know, they traded for Russell or traded Russell Wilson away and got uh, Noah Fant as well as Drew Locke. A lot of people were expecting Drew Locke to be the starting quarterback. But early on, Pete Carroll did say that Geno Smith was going to be the starter and take the realms. And that was huge. Uh, Geno Smith, obviously a guy that not too many people knew too much about. Well, they did, but as far as an accomplished starter in the NFL. So it was Geno Smith's reigns for the taking. A lot of people thought that the Seattle Seahawks were going to be, myself included, were going to be in the rebuilding phase. I had mentioned their key players this season. Their two wide receivers were really going to be the only key players on the offensive side. Little did I know they were going to have an impact with Geno Smith as well as Kenneth Walker at the running back position. So Geno Smith completely proved a lot of people wrong. They wrote him off. He didn't just, or he just didn't write back. Had a tremendous season. Honestly, had a better season than a lot of quarterbacks did in the NFL. And honestly, the way that he developed and had his opportunity to fully shine and lead a team back to the postseason, although they did get spanked in the first round, you know, you got to give the effort to Geno and show the successes that he was able to have. Another takeaway that kind of coincides with that was the Seattle Seahawks weren't expected to do anything this year. Like I mentioned, a lot of people thought they were in the rebuilding phase, but you got to give a lot of credit to not only Geno Smith and that offense, definitely not their defense. 
But Pete Carroll and the, the work that he's done, you know, Pete Carroll is a Super Bowl champion, so he's been in those situations before. He brought the team together. I can't think of the offensive coordinator for Seattle Seahawks, but did a really good job of complementing Geno's game, obviously. And all in all, it was just a perfect opportunity for the Seattle Seahawks to have success. But going into the season, I know Seattle Seahawks fans that I know in particular were not expecting this to be a fun season, but they ended up doing really well, um, finishing with the 9-8 and record, squeaking into the postseason, and honestly looked great, especially to start the season. So I was really curious to see how they were going to f- play going into the season, but they definitely played tremendously. And then another takeaway is just how bad their defense was. You think of the Legion of Boom or the Seattle Seahawks, the 12th man, you think about how fundamentally sound their defense is year in and year out this season for some reason that just was not the case their defense wasn't good whatsoever not really sure why they have some good weapons there although they did lose guys like bobby wagner um they still are a very old veteran bunch so maybe that played an effect to why their defense wasn't that great but their defense was definitely terrible you looked at some of the ranks there towards the bottom of the pack in certain categories so all in all a lose-lose situation in that aspect but a win situation the fact that they were able to once again make the postseason and have success that way First place they lacked was obviously their defense, like I mentioned. I'm actually going to go over their defensive stats once again, or at least the ones that really were crappy. Total yards, they ranked 28th. Rushing yards, they ranked 30th. I think a big credit to their rushing yards ranking 30th was the fact that Christian McCaffrey um, was uh, in the 49ers division, or on the 49ers team in their division for that matter. 25th in points and 27th in third down percentage. Their best stat was passing yards at 13th, but a lot of the passing in this division was not that good this season. So their defense was definitely lacking. I think that's something that they do need to address going into next season if they want to have any chance of having success down the line just because um, where their defense is ranked right now and how their offense is playing, it would just be a really deadly combination. There just really isn't too much going well on that defensive side. I think, like I said, overall, their defense is just a very old bunch, and having not a lot of speed is going to definitely bite them in the ass, especially some of these young uh, and booming wide receivers and and running backs that are going to be coming in and out of Seattle. And then being competitive in games to an extent, I think this has an effect to do with Seattle and just the way that they weren't as competitive in certain situations that a lot of people would expect them to be. That usually incorporates having those high-scoring affairs where you're relying too much on your offense to win games. So if they're able to fix that a little bit, that'd be you know fine. They lost a lot of games, like 40-34, to 30-24, where their defense really let them down, but relatively played competitively. Lost to you know the Saints 39-32, even won 48-45 against the Lions. So it's kind of a coinciding fact that their defense and being competitive in games do coincide with one another. One thing that will make them better next season is just their defense holding them to less than 20 points. I believe uh, Geno Smith is in a contract year or just was in a contract year. So if they are going to keep Geno Smith, Smith as their quarterback, they seem to be in a good shape offensively. They do Their defense just needs to hold them to less than 20 points. And their offense should do enough and maneuver. You know, Kenneth Walker has been really running the football at an effective rate. And, and situations like that, I think, is going to be something to really take into consideration and then be one of the reasons why they do have success. You know, obviously looking at their uh, team, I would say their biggest team help would be, you know, defensive line. They've got a lot of old guys. Al Woods is 35. Uh, Shelby Harris is 31. Puna Ford is only 27. So, you know, he's a guy that you can kind of build around maybe on that defensive side. But relatively speaking, their defense is their biggest area of concern. I think if they're able to address a couple key spots here and there, um, they're going to be actually be put in a really good position. But I think, of, again, in that front line, you think of a team that's just ahead of them, the 49ers, who run the ball at a very effective rate. That'd be huge for them. Obviously, the 49ers aren't the only team that they play, but using that to kind of build to their advantage is going to be something that I think is going to be huge. 
And I do expect them to finish with the same record at a 9-8 record this season. I think they're going to maybe sneak into the playoffs once again. I think their team's good. Their offense is definitely going to carry them. Geno Smith is probably going to have just a little bit of a down year, kind of like a sophomore slump, even though he's been in the league now, it seems like, forever. Um, but they are going to be a little bit better on the defensive side. They're going to be a bit more competitive in those high-scoring games. And I do think they're going to steal one or two here and, and be finished with a 9-8 record and potentially sneak into the postseason. Moving on to the next team in the NFC West division, we have the San Francisco 49ers who had a tremendous season under Brock Purdy and I guess Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo for the short time that they were the starting quarterback. They finished the regular season with a record of 13-4, and four, including a 10-game winning streak to end the regular season. Offensively, their numbers, total yards, 377, ranked 8th. Passing yards at 13th, ranked 226.8. 8th in rushing yards at 138.8. 26.5 points, ranked 6th. Third down percentage at 35, ranked 6th as well. Defensively, total yards, they were 1st, 318.6. Passing yards at 222.9, ranked 20th. Rushing yards at 77.7, ranked 2nd. Points, 1st, 16.3, and a third down percentage of 39, ranked 16th. Quarterbacks are concerned. I'm just going to go over Brock Purdy, um, who had a completion percentage of 67.1. 1,374 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. Why don't we just go over Jimmy G's too? 67.2 percentage, 2,437 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. Brandon Ayuk, 78 receptions, 1,015 yards, 8 touchdowns. George Kittle, 60 receptions, 765 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Debo Samuel, 2 receiving touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, 4. McCaffrey, 159 rushes, 746 yards, 6 rushing touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell, 45 for 279 and two touchdowns rushing. Debo Samuel had three rushing touchdowns as well. Dre Greenlaw, 82 tackles, led the team. Fred Warner, 79. Taliona Hufunga, 65. And Ward, Jarius Ward, had 59. Their sack leader was going to be Nick Bosa, who had 18 and a half sacks. Uh, was actually one of the sack leaders in the NFL. Had a tremendous season there. He also had 41 tackles. Uh, Gibson, Tajan Gibson, the safety, had five interceptions. Hufunga had four. Jimmy Ward had three. Nick Bosa, Dre Gleenlaw, and Hufunga had two forced fumbles. And Robbie Gold went 27 from 32, kicking it through the uprights this season. First takeaway from their season was obviously Big Cock Brock and the ability for Brock Purdy to have success this season. Not saying Brock Purdy isn't a good quarterback, but I think a lot of people weren't expecting Mystery Relevant to have the success that he did have this season. Um, honestly, played really well, obviously, and I did a really good job and, and really helped lead that 49ers team in the right direction. You know, as an Iowa fan, I got to see Brock Purdy for four years. I think he's not necessarily a great quarterback. I think he just fit really well into the 49ers system. He did everything that he was supposed to do. He led the team to obviously 10 straight wins. I believe he didn't lose the game as a starter until that um, final game in the postseason in the NFC Championship game where he ended up getting injured and they were down to literally their last quarterback, Josh Johnson. But looking at their team as a whole, um, I really do think that this is a team that wouldn't have been the same with Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo just because of Brock Purdy and his ability to be a, a passer that Kyle Shanahan really did want. Um, he can pass the football and then obviously run it. But sure, a lot of people make fun of him for being a check, check down Charlie kind of guy. But you never really know. I mean, that is huge, getting those yards. You don't have to be a big time deep ball passer, although it's more entertaining and fun to watch. Doing what he needed to do and help that team in the right direction was obviously something that he needed to focus on. 
Christian McCaffrey was also a big, big uh, transaction they picked up in the middle part of the season. Obviously, he had success in Carolina. I think it was a similar situation where he didn't lose a game, or maybe the first game, or you know, if he didn't lose a game as a starter uh, in San Francisco, I think he only lost one, actually. But uh, he was a tremendous asset to them. He's like a Debo Samuel 2.0, how they utilized Debo Samuel in the, in the passing game um, and also the running game. Christian McCaffrey was a very good piece to that. And Elijah Mitchell was hurt for the majority of the year until uh, the final like two weeks of the season. So Christian McCaffrey was obviously that lead back and respectively. So he's a guy that's going to have tremendous success for the 49ers. Um, obviously the, probably the best or one of the best running backs in the NFL, but his dual threat ability to run the football and receive the football at an effective rate not only gets a fantasy owner as a boner, but uh, 49ers fans as well just because of his ability to continue to play the way that he's been playing. But again, kind of like Brock Purdy, he fits really well in that system. I think one of the things that really limited him in Carolina, especially running the football, which is really hard to say, just the fact that he had tremendous success with that, was just how bad their line was. You know, the 49ers have arguably the best left tackle in all football in uh, Trent Williams, and they have one of the best offensive lines in general um, that he actually finally had running lanes to run the ball through. And that was something that was a tremendous thing for them and um, really was something that they needed to take for granted, and they did. And they did a really good job of utilizing him. They kept him healthy, used him at an effective rate, and um, just his ability to play the ball really effectively helped settle Brock Purdy down and continue to trust him and, and use him as an escape route um, or just a good overall, uh, I guess, teammate is a better way of putting it, and helping Brock Purdy, the young mystery relevant, to kind of familiarize himself in the system and in the NFL. And then their team as a whole. On paper, this is probably the best team from top to bottom. And it's kind of crazy to think about that with them sitting at their third-string quarterback and then um, going to their fourth-string and Josh Johnson. It kind of begs the question, what do you do next season? Because Trey Lance is obviously your future. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo seems to be gone. That's out of the question. But what do you do with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance? Obviously, you want to go back to Trey Lance, right? Because he is the future quarterback for them. Um, or at least that was their intentions when they drafted him. But seeing the success that Brock Purdy had, it, it begs the question if uh, he is able to struggle a little bit um, and Brock Purdy does come in and take over the reins, does this open an opportunity for the 49ers to maybe go a different route and have Brock Purdy be your lead quarterback. Although Trey Lance is probably the better quarterback on paper, I think Brock Purdy fits the system a bit more better because Trey Lance, I don't know if he fits the San Francisco 49ers system just yet. Um, and it also is going to develop or be a question of his development and uh, how he's able to develop both sides of the ball. So we'll see. I think that begs a really big question, but all their surrounding pieces on the offensive sides there, um, and even their defensive side, their defense is insane too. So we'll see, but this should be a very good season for them whatsoever. Interesting part, because I've never actually done this before on this show. I'm going to go ahead and not say their two places they lacked, but I'm going to kind of coincide the two places they lacked with one thing that will make them better next season and their biggest team help i think having another wide receiver would be huge obviously for you know the 49ers you got um brandon Ayuk, debo samuel as your main two wide receivers but Jawan jennings as your number three i'm not sure how i feel about that now obviously you don't need guys out of the blue because you got kyle Juszczyk who you can utilize in the running game and passing game you can also utilize george kittle he's one of the best tight ends in all football but if you had to pick one thing on the offensive side Besides having not having their third string quarterback, which it doesn't really matter at this point, but um, you know, looking at that third wide receiver, I think it would just be huge. They don't need it, but I think that'd be something that would really help them there. And then defensively, I would go ahead and go ahead and get maybe another cornerback. Javarius Ward and Demandre Lenoir are very good cornerbacks. Don't get me wrong; their safeties are pretty good. Hufunga and Gibson, obviously, their linebackers and defensive fronts insane. Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and looking at that defensive side, you really don't need much. 
I would be curious though with Robbie Gold how old he is and how long he's been in the league when he's going to retire because he is 40 years old right now so he's maybe getting towards the end of his career um, but looking at that maybe you get another kicker but I really just don't see there being much that the 49ers need to do I mean this is a team that if they stayed healthy especially in that NFC championship game could have went on a 16 game win streak and won a Super Bowl like seriously could have won every game this year because their team was so good from top to bottom but obviously things happen and then, and then something gets in their way but on the offensive side maybe getting a third wide receiver and on the defensive side maybe get another cornerback would definitely help them not necessarily that they need but they're kind of an interesting team where they don't really need anything to get better in my opinion and I don't think they're going to need to get better because they're going to finish this season with a 14-3 and record and finish first in the division this season if you are listening to this Trevor French you do know that I'm a big 49ers critic but I really came to appreciate how the 49ers have played throughout the past two seasons relatively especially this season tremendous respect there if they're able to have the success they were, that they were this season with Brock Purdy their third string quarterback imagine the success they're going to have with a Trey Lance who's healthy and is familiarized in the system so curious to see what they do as far as team moves but this is a team that's going to be right back in the mix and I expect them to finish with a 13-4 and record this season Cardinals are the next team that we're going to take a look at here in the NFC West division. The Cardinals finished the season last in the NFC West with a 4-13 and record, including finishing the season on a seven-game losing streak. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of their team stats this season. Offensively, total yards, 343.5, ranked 22nd. Passing yards at 213.3, ranked 18th. Rushing yards at 110.2, ranked 22nd. Points at 20, ranked 21st, and a third down percentage of 35.2, ranked tied for 25th. Defensively, total yards 364.5, ranked 22nd. Passing yards at 230.3, ranked 24th. Rushing yards at 118.6, ranked 14th. Points at 26.4, ranked 31st. And third down percentage at 42.9, ranked 28th. Kyler Murray, who was their big quarterback throughout the season until he ended up with a torn ACL, had 66.4 completion percentage, 2,368 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Hollywood Brown, 67 receptions for 703 yards and 709 yards, excuse me, and 3 touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, 64 receptions, 717 yards, 3 touchdowns. Greg Dortch, 52 receptions, 467, and 2 touchdowns. Zach Ertz had 4 receiving touchdowns. James Conner, 103 attempts, 83 attempts for 782 yards and 7 touchdowns. Kyler Murray, 67 attempts for 418 yards and 3 rushing touchdowns. Defensively, Jalen Thompson led the team with 75 tack- 78 tackles. Buda Baker had 75. Isaiah Simmons had 68. Zavon Collins had 63. And their sack leader on the defensive side goes to Zach Allen, who their defensive end, who had 5.5 sacks to lead all Arizona Cardinals. Interesting that J.J. Watt was not their leading sack player, uh, but he's also retired, so that's a big reason for that. I'm just kidding. Taking a look at their interception totals, Marco Wilson was their leader at three, but Baker had two, Isaiah Simmons had two. Isaiah Simmons also had two forced fumbles, and Matt Prater went 22 from 25, kicking it through the uprights. First takeaway for the Cardinals this season was just disappointing. It was a very disappointing season. They were obviously expected to do a lot more, and they should have been 3-14 and 14 if they didn't have that kind of fluke uh, situation against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders where they ended up winning the game, kind of wildly for that matter, but uh, they ended up winning you know, that game, and they didn't really win much ever since that. 
Um, very disappointing season. There was just uh, everything was going wrong. Cliff Kingsbury was supposed to be, you know, kind of a next good coach for the Arizona Cardinals, and that just wasn't the case. And so everything just didn't seem to go in their favor this season. And I think a credit to that goes to Kyler's drop-off. Not necessarily Kyler's, Kyler's drop-off, but just the way that he was coached um, and just the way that he spent the majority of his time playing video games instead of studying film. No, I'm just kidding. But it was just a very keen drop-off. He didn't have the season that a lot of people were expecting him to have. And that's really hard, especially for a guy like Kyler Murray and how integral of a part he is on that offensive side. So seeing that was obviously just very brutal to watch for Cardinals fans. Obviously, I'm sure you guys are know that and then taking that for granted. But overall, this is something that I do think is going to be uh, an adjustment. I do think that they're going to find a period of time where they're able to have success and Maybe they do, but right now it just does not look good. Um, you know, Kyler Murray, I don't know when he's going to be back. He'll probably miss at least the beginning stage of the next season with a torn ACL, unless he's able to recover from that um, very efficiently. But it's just been very disappointing to see his drop off. And then the defense as a whole was terrible. Their defense did not keep them in games. Sure, they have a couple of bright spots there. Buda Baker, one of the best safeties. Isaiah Simmons, one of the best linebackers. But all in all, it's just a very disappointing year for the Arizona Cardinals to just not have the successes that you know, they were expecting to have. And that's something that can really put a damper on a team's morale when you're struggling on the offensive side as well as the defensive side. So just all in all, it was a very disappointing season for the Arizona Cardinals. And there's no reason, or there is a reason now, why they finished with a 4-13 and record. Two places that they lacked. Well, this is kind of a mix of one, but it's sad offense and sad defense. Having their offense in particular is where they lacked the most because they had all the weapons. They had Kyler Murray. They had DeAndre Hopkins, who missed the first six games, I believe it was, with uh, suspension. Zach Ertz, one of the more veteran tight ends, ended up going down with a season-ending injury. The running back play was bad. And then on the defensive side, you have Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, those lead guys there, J.J. Watt for that matter. Um, just all in all, it was really sad to say, and I think that correlates to my second place they lacked, was just coaching. Cliff Kingsbury is a college coach. He's not an NFL coach. His systems and philosophies worked, worked great in college, but obviously did not work good in Arizona whatsoever. And I think that's something that um, when you look back at it and see kind of this grand scheme of things where they had success and where they faltered, that is something where they faltered. And I think maybe going into next season with having a new coach in mind, I believe it's their Eagles defense coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, having those kind of that kind of change of heart and, and change of philosophy I think would be great for them. I think it would be good to have that adjustment and be able to kind of coincide both the offense effectiveness and defense effectiveness because obviously Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, good God, um, was a more offensive-minded and has more success on the offensive side where maybe the defense just didn't get paid that much more attention to. Vance Joseph did a really good job, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, having a coach that's able to kind of be bold um, like a special teams guy is going to be something that's huge for them. One thing that will make them better next season is just run Kyler Murray more. And I think that opposite is going to happen just because he had a torn ACL. But Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense thrives when Kyler Murray is running outside the pocket, making plays on his legs. And I understand you want to keep your star quarterback healthy for as long as possible. Maybe sneak in another two, three years with him by keeping his legs under wraps. But Kyler Murray is not a pocket passer. He's not going to sit in the pocket, throw the ball 40 times, and, and win a game. He's going to run for 8 to 10 rushes get over maybe 100 yards and a touchdown here or there. And that's something that you need to really focus on. I understand preserving a quarterback's health, but what good is it if you preserve him and not use his full potential? I'd rather, as a GM or a coach, use a quarterback, lose two, three years on him, and find maybe another quarterback to take over the realms. As long as those eight to ten years that he's really effective, he's doing what he needs to do to help the team win. 
I understand the Cardinals have a different philosophy on that, but I really do believe that Kyler Murray is going to have more success with that. On top of that, what kind of correlates to my next thing is my biggest team help is our offensive line. Their offensive line is not that good. So typically when you have a bad offensive line, you need a mobile quarterback to get out of the pocket and get out of the way when the offensive line isn't able to block. So those two in of itself combined should open a lot of Cardinals GM's eyes for that matter or coach's eyes and really say, hey, we need not only establish the offensive line, but we need to run Kyler Moore and see if we're going to be able to have success with that because they have a far better chance of having success running Kyler Moore than they will um, not having him you know, run outside the pocket or anything like that. I don't think they're going to figure it out. I do believe Kyler Murray is going to miss a little bit more of an extended time, so he's not going to be ready right away. And I think they're going to finish with a 5-12 and record and fourth in the division again this season. I think they're far away from their potential. Obviously, they're getting a new coach. So having a first-year coach or an adjustment is obviously huge. But also, their GM, Steve Kime, stepped away. So there's just kind of some issues going on there in Arizona. I think they need to do some more... Um, evaluation of their team and figure out where they're going to have success because right now I don't think any successes are going to come from this season. So I do believe this is going to be another disappointing year for Cardinals fans and they're going to finish with a 5-12 and record in 4th in division. The final team we're going to talk about in the NFC West division is the Los Angeles Rams who had a very disappointing season especially being the Super Bowl champs this year. Finishing the season with a 5-12 and record and finishing 3rd in the NFC West division this season. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of their team stats, and honestly, it was not very good, especially on the offensive side. 31st in total yards at 303.9, 27th in passing yards at 128.8, tied for 27th in rushing yards at 97.7, tied for 26th in points at 18.1, and 18th in third down percentage at 39.3. Defensively, total yards, they ranked 19th at 355.8. 226 passing yards ranked 21st, 115.1 rushing yards ranked 13th, 22.6 points ranked tied for 21st, and a third down percentage of 40.4 ranked 22nd. Player stat-wise at the quarterback position, Matthew Stafford, 68 completion percentage, 2,087 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Baker Mayfield, 63.6, 850 yards, 4 touchdowns, and 2 interceptions. Cooper Cup was still their leading receiver despite missing the rest of the season. 75 receptions, 812 yards, and 6 touchdowns. Tyler Higbeat, 72 receptions, 620 yards, and 3 touchdowns. Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson also had 3 receiving touchdowns apiece. Cam Akers had 188 attempts for 786 yards and 7 touchdowns. Uh, And then Williams, their backup running back, Kyrene Williams, 35 rushes, 139 yards, and a total of zero touchdowns for him. Looking at their defensive-wise, Bobby Wagner had 81 tackles to lead the team. Ernest Jones had 65. Jalen Ramsey had 64. Taylor Rapp, the defensive back, had 54. And their leading sack uh, leader was Leonard Floyd, who had nine sacks, which is a bit surprising to some. um, But overall, still a relatively good season for the uh, L.A. Rams. Jalen Ramsey, four interceptions. Kobe Durant had uh, three interceptions. Jalen Ramsey had three forced fumbles, and Nick Scott, defense back who injured his shoulder, had two forced fumbles. Matt Gay, 28 for 30, kicking it through the uprights this season. First takeaway was, again, disappointing. They're de- this, this season, the season, the season, the season, the season. The season was disappointing. I feel like the Rams and the Cardinals are the same in that aspect, especially more for the Rams and the fact that they were just the Super Bowl champions. To have a disappointing year that they did was obviously very disheartening. It's honestly a little bit questionable, too. Now, obviously, Matthew Stafford was dealing with some elbow tendonitis, ended up missing the rest of the year. They had this 
nonchalant quarterback play that just was not very effective whatsoever. So everything seemed to be going in the wrong direction for them on that side of the ball. But on top of that, they just weren't able to have success. And that is a big you know, reason why it was Stan- Stafford's uh, inability to stay healthy and then their offense's inability to stay healthy. Their best player, one of the best players in football, and Cooper Cup wasn't healthy. Ramsey and Donald's success and effort, though, on the defensive side was something that kind of kept them going and, and figuring out ways to cope and, and have ways to kind of have some positive optimism. Um, but all in all, it's just a very disappointing season, and all three of those takeaways right there do coincide with one another and the fact that it was disappointing, and it was just really hard to watch and really hard to see. But they battled. Uh, Sean McVay did give credit to that for battling. Um, he also did a good job of coaching to, to make them battle, even though it's very easier much easier said than done. Uh, they did do a good job in at least competing and battling, but it just wasn't the season that a lot of people were anticipating them to have. First place that the Rams lacked was just Stafford, because Stafford going into the season, he was a little bit questionable last season when they won the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people weren't giving him credit that he deserved, but this season he just could not throw the ball whatsoever, and that I know it was a little bit blame on me because I thought he was going to have just this really good season, and he just really did it, and that's okay because that happens. But more than that, they kind of showed some optimism with Baker Mayfield. He had obviously more of a fire under him because it's Baker Mayfield compared to Matthew Stafford getting cut from Carolina, being tossed around like a whore on a Saturday afternoon. It makes sense. But in the grand scheme of things, Stafford was their big bright spot that they needed to have have success because they could figure out the running game. Obviously, they had the receiving game and they have the solid sides in the defense. But Stafford not staying healthy and then while he was healthier, at least quote-unquote healthy, he just wasn't very effective, and that's a last-loss situation for them. So that was something that ended up plaguing them. And then just staying healthy, like I mentioned, as a whole. Not only Stafford. Uh, Cam Akers was healthy, but dealt with some time away from the team, came back. Obviously, Cooper Cup was injured. Their other wide receivers were injured. They felt like they were going through a running back carousel. Even on the defensive side, they were dealing with some injuries. So staying healthy. You really look at the grand scheme of things. You lose one or two guys. It's understandable. But then you start losing all these guys, and it's just like you got a team full of backups, and it's just a terrible mix, especially coming off a Super Bowl win. Definitely a sophomore slump for the Rams there. It kind of coincides with my thing that will help them better next season, which I think they'll be better next season. Don't get me wrong. But staying healthy. You can't have all these positions being hurt. Because I mentioned, you have a bunch of backups going up against first-teamers, especially like a 49ers, for example, who's insane. Or even the Seahawks. It's just a recipe for disaster. And finishing where they finished last season, they were actually going to have a really hard schedule this season. And having those backups go against some of those guys, man, it's very difficult. So staying healthy will be huge for them. I put their biggest team help was running back question mark because I don't know their running back situation. Cam Akers wanted out of Los Angeles. He ended up not getting dealt, so he stayed in Los Angeles and ended up having a pretty good couple of games towards the end of the season. But maybe they need a more better running back. What are they going to do at the quarterback position? I'm not sure Stafford and Mayfield's abilities as far as contracts are concerned or whatever, but they're going to go back to Stafford. They're going to go back to Baker. We'll have more of an idea um, when it comes closer to the season, but I think having a solid running back would be huge too. Cam Akers is a really good running back. Obviously did not do good in week one for fantasy owners, but getting rid of Daryl Henderson, um, seeing where Cam Akers is at, they obviously made a point of emphasis that they want him to be the running back, but is he going to want to be there? That's going to be a big question mark. And I think they will finish the season with an 8-9 and record and finish third in the division. I don't think they're ready to be back in the postseason, but I think they're going to definitely improve. The biggest reason why is they're going to stay healthy. Still got guys like Donald, Jalen Ramsey on the defensive side to help them out. So this is a team that's going to be improving back in the right direction and maybe will make the postseason in in the years to come. But it definitely was not. It was just definitely a fluke season for them this season. And it's nothing that you should be too concerned about if you're a Rams fan. 
Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information and value you do not want to miss. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, signing out. Take care and good night. Peace. Thank you.